Well, hello there, and we have reached the weekend of the final game of the NFL season. Super Bowl 57 about to be here on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, we are back with the Bet US NFL show one more time with feeling. And, no, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. He is Chris Farley, who you've seen throughout the season, Brother Farley. We've reached it. We've reached Super Bowl weekend. We are ready to break this game down every which way possible. How are you feeling with one game to go? I mean, I feel great. You know, when you're when you're in a position to talk about sports on these on these videos and everything, it's absolutely a luxury. I've been pitching pinching myself all season. At the same time, my goodness, I can't wait for this game to kick off. I don't think I've ever talked about a game more in the history of my life. So two weeks in waiting. Let's get this thing rolling. And, and, by, and by the way, you popped on the wrong show if you thought you weren't going to talk about it some more. We are going to talk about it some more. Kansas City and Philadelphia. Hello, Brad Thomas. You are hanging in there. I know that Scott Kellen has been with us throughout the season. Brad has also been with us here and there on this program. I always love your insight. Good to have you back. How ready are you for Chiefs and Eagles? I am so stoked. Listen, even from the beginning of the offseason, we spend so much time and energy dissecting the players, dissecting the schemes, dissecting the games. It just feels like the culmination of football is a chance for us to celebrate. But for me, I want to win some money. Like, I'm not going to lie. I want to have some some adult beverages, some adult waters, but I want to get my last final bets home. So that's why I'm super excited. And that's what we're here for on BetUS, to try to help you out. We've been doing a great job with that. Now, I should say to the audience, because we are live on Thursday, if you are with us live and you've been with us all year at 1 Eastern time, we do have some opportunity for interaction, some Q&A. You'll see some live comments or questions coming on the bottom of the screen. Again, if you're obviously watching us after Thursday in the 1 Eastern time hour, uh, you're just uh, enjoying us kind of in the recap mode. You may be seeing segments of the show later when it's broken down. We always love the back and forth. Now, in Scott Kellen's absence, I'm not going to do a Kellen impression. I don't even know that there is a good Kellen impression. But I will give you some of his picks as we go along, and you will see them graphically on the best bet. Scott couldn't be here today. That's okay. We'll show you what he has at the end of the show, and I'll be telling you as we go along what he also likes in addition to Chris and to Brad. With that, guys, are we ready to dive in? First, let's take a look at the records. Uh, on the show here, uh, this is this is how the show finished up through the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Take a look at that. Everybody above 500, including Brad Thomas, part of that guest uh, roll call that stayed above 500. Chris Farley above 500. Scott Kellen above 500. The show 20 plays above 500 for the season. We made you money, kids. You don't come don't come complaining to us. We made you money to this point. And no matter what happens here, you should still be good and you're going to get a lot of good advice. All right. I say for a second time, are we ready to go? We are ready oh, to go. Yeah. It is Super Bowl 57. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. It is the first time that the Eagles have been in this big game since they defeated the New England Patriots back six years ago in Super Bowl 51. The Kansas City Chiefs are back for the third time in four years seeking a second championship for Andy Reid and for Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, this is a different coaching staff and a different quarterback for Philadelphia. That was Doug Peterson with Nick Foles for the upset of the Patriots. All right, so we see that uh, the Eagles still remain a short favorite with a total in this one of 51, guys. So, again, it was interesting that that line opened 
Uh, actually, Kansas City favored by a point or two and moved immediately from what I was told uh, on on the Sunday night right after the championship games, and it's remained with Philadelphia as a short favorite. So let's get into what we like and why for who's going to win this game either with the spread or with the total. Chris Farley, you will begin with an official play on what you like, what team you like for Super Bowl 57. Yeah, so I mentioned this last week, but let's just run through it one more time here. Super Bowl 57. Uh, if you run through all the different factors that go into betting any NFL game, you know, you go over every single factor in this game, the Eagles are going to win a lot of categories, right? I mean, we're talking about offensive line, defensive line, how talented they are at wide receiver. I mean, Chiefs are banged up a wide receiver right now, right? We don't know McCall Hartman. I, I don't think he's going to play. Juju's banged up. Darius is banged up. The thing about this game, though, is at the highest end of my power ratings, like the way I rate these games, the way I rate these teams, what gets the most weight is quarterback and coach. That's because it's still a quarterback coach NFL league. I mean, we've seen that year and year, you know, over and over again. Of course, right? Sometimes there are crazy dominant defenses that win Super Bowls mostly, like reminds me of the Ravens back in the day when they had Ray Lewis and Trent Dilfer at quarterback, right? You don't always need the superior coach and quarterback. But in this situation, it is incomparable, the comparison between Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, Nick Sariani and Andy Reid. This is Patrick Mahomes' third time in the Super Bowl in five years. He's been to the AFC title game every single year. He's faced adversity uh, in, as, a, as a professional football player in ways that Jalen Hurts has not just yet. And I think because this game is going to be such a close game, that's what the line tells us, right? One and a half has not moved. Uh, you know, immediate line movement, the Sharps, of course, we're going to take advantage of that value on the Eagles because they have been so consistent this year. But if you're going to give me the Chiefs as an underdog with Patrick Mahomes in a one-score game, I have to choose Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think it's a good idea, too, to look at Patrick Mahomes as MVP. If the Chiefs win, it's very, very, very likely that he will be the MVP. You know, it's not, it's, it hits at about 60% historically when the quarterback wins the game. but this is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. He's had a bum ankle. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I think Jalen Hurts is just going to have a moment or two where he's going to feel the immense pressure. Kansas City is going to force him to throw the ball, right? That's what San Francisco tried to do. Of course, San Francisco eventually was without a quarterback. So it's pretty hard to game plan the same way. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't rise to the occasion. That dude hasn't proven. That dude hasn't shown us any reason to believe that he can't rise to the occasion. But at 24 years old, your first Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and Andy, Andy Reid, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid every time. If I lose, I lose. But these guys, I think this is the start officially of a dynasty that we're going to see over and over again. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles will be back, but I like the Chiefs in this one. And I'm going to take them plus money at the money line. Interesting. Uh, he goes officially on the record. Uh, we'll show that graphically here in a moment or two. Brad Thomas, I'm going to come to you. Uh, all that talk, by the way, Farley, I know what you mean, about uh, Mahomes and the dynasty uh, was two years ago leading up to the pandemic, crazy Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers stopped that dynasty talk by beating them in the second <laughs> Super Bowl they had, they had appeared in. Brad Thomas is laughing because he's a Buccaneer guy. Nice. He remembers that. <laughs> now the talk kicks back up again. Can they get a second Super Bowl win? 
Chris seems to think so. Brad Thomas, you're not going to officially play this either on the line or on the total, but just give me a thought short of an official play yeah. on Super Bowl 57, either on a side uh, or the total, even though you're not going to do it on the record. Yeah, I'll selfishly talk about this game on both the side and the total. So first, let's talk about the side. It, make to- it makes total sense why when the, the Eagles opened up as dogs, everyone bet the dogs, right? You think about it from a betting perspective as a handicapper, we spend so much time to find value. I would say these two teams are closer to 50-50, 49-51 than a lot, a lot of people want to imagine. So you naturally want to take the underdog here. And throughout the entire buildup to the Super Bowl, so many people have talked about, well, the Eagles haven't played anybody. Well, the Eagles haven't played against these kind of quarterbacks. And I think I think a little bit of that conversation is a little tough. It's a little tough pill for us to swallow, a little tough pill for us to say. Why? Because it's not like they're winning these games. And I'm going to use a college football reference. It's not like they're winning these games that TCU was winning. Like they are having post-game win expectancies of 70 80%. Basically, that means throughout the game, as the game was ending, they were supposed to win the game. When you think about a TCU, and I'm using them as the example because they went to the, the national championship and got their, their, their doors blown off. TCU had a lot of negative post-game win expectancies where they weren't supposed to win. So I do think this Eagles team is getting a little underrated by, not by the betting market, but by people who are actually talking about them. But just like Chris said, I will probably be on the Chiefs if they close at around plus 105, plus 110, just because these two teams are so even on paper where I'd be a fool not to take not to take the value on the underdog. But one more thing about this side, right? It's kind of funny. Like bookmakers want to protect themselves so much in this game where they set the line for the Kansas City Chiefs and then money just came flying on the Eagles, but they refused. They refused to give anybody Kansas City around that two and a half where you can buy the hook mark because they do not want people sitting with Kansas City plus three tickets because I think they'll they'll be over leveraged. They'll be in trouble. Um, from a fan perspective, I do really want the Eagles to win this game here. You know, I'm an Alabama guy. Uh, my uncle used to cut Jalen Hurts hair at Alabama. So we are big, big Jalen Hurts fans. Like my parents are going to wear Jalen Hurts Eagles gear. And, you know, in Alabama and Mississippi, you don't root for a football team outside of your college. So they're going to be rocking the Eagles. I'm going to be rocking the Eagles. And I hope the Eagles win. But from a betting perspective, because my my uh, my wallet has no loyalty, I will have money on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I want to talk about the total. And it's, I'll be really brief on this. The total yep. is really interesting. We think it's we, we think it's going to be a high scoring game. Most of the time, the Super Bowls are a little low scoring. We talk about teams who have these dominant, dominant defenses, the L.A. Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bill Belichick Patriots. And that's why they're low scoring. I think this is one of those games with both explosive offenses. The quarterbacks have a chance to put up points at any point. So if you see a low scoring three zero uh, 7-0 first quarter. I think it's a chance for you to buy the over around 45-46. And that's how I'm probably going to play it. Nothing pre-game for me, though. All right, interesting. Uh, here's these guys. Chris is going on the record. Brad is not going on the record. I will tell you that Scott Kellen, to the point about the totals, loves the over 51. That's an official play on this show from him. You're not going to see it graphically. You see Chris's official play because we didn't want to confuse the daylights out of the audience. It's any (laughs) any more confused by having me on the show. So we weren't going to put Scott's pick under me talking. So I'm just (laughs) telling you, Kellen's pick is over 51 for this game. He believes more high scoring. There's obviously some thought process that Kansas City's defense is banged up. Philadelphia's run it and scored on everybody. 
So Scott Kellen says over 51. You'll see that on the best bets at the end of the show. So he's right there with an official play as well on the actual game and what happens. Okay, so those are the official plays. One more thing on this before we move to player props and then game props for Super Bowl 57. How much credence do you put in something that is the truth? It's a fact. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have played three playoff games ever in the in the last two years. Sirianni, a two-year coach, hurts a two-year starting quarterback. The Buccaneers wiped them out. Smile, Brad Thomas. The Buccaneers wiped them out a year ago in the playoffs. Won a close game. They've now played two playoff games yesterday, uh, this year. Yes, they've won them, but they were both laughers in the fourth quarter. They're both, you know, 14, 20-point spreads in the fourth quarter. Not a key moment, not a key possession in the fourth quarter. How much credence, Chris, you first, how much credence do we put into Andy Reid has been in Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has been in Super Bowls, been in close game after close game in the AFC playoffs together. How much credence do we put that if this is close, like we think it will be, third period, late third period, into the early fourth, it's advantage Chiefs. Chris, quick thought. I've been I've been chirping about this point a little bit because and, and you know I think it's being regurgitated probably a little too much at this point, especially you know, gambling Twitter, et cetera. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of metaphors you can make here, but just because you have a successful, you know, NASA shuttle trip to the moon doesn't mean you can get to Mars, <laughs> right? And um, this is okay. this is a different world. This is a different kind of opponent, right? And I mean, the Eagles have faced eight teams this year on their schedule who have a bottom ten offense. Um, you know, they just haven't been challenged. They haven't seen this sort of offense, this sort of player. And you can make an argument that Patrick Mahomes is by far the best player on the field in the Super Bowl, like no one else even comes close for what he can create from play to play, right? So it it certainly matters. It's why we evaluate strength of schedule so hard at the start of the season, you know, for win totals, for our bets, but also how much can we trust these teams when they get, you know, later into the season, into the playoffs, in these big games where, let's face it, when those flashbulbs go off, it's kickoff, you know, the the tension, the nerves are going to be different. Someone like Tom Brady handled that better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a little unfair at this point. Um, you know, all the all the positive sentiment that we're throwing at Jalen Hurts to a degree because he's he's 24 years old. If 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 he flails in this spot, he you know we shouldn't be criticizing him at all. This is a really really big spot. He's done well in big spots before in college football. But the the point is, we just haven't seen it yet from the Eagles, right? So we just can't make that claim like we've seen this before. We know they can handle it as a team, their leadership, et cetera. We just want to see it. That's all. And they're so talented, really have matchup advantages in every area. So in the end, it might not matter that much. I mean, there's so much talent on the field. But at a certain point, the ball is going to be in Jalen Hurts' hands, right? That's what San Francisco tried to do. Put it in his hands. Make him beat you. He airmailed a few guys. Almost through an interception, maybe the shoulders still bother him. So this is this is by far going to be their biggest test, and it absolutely matters. Hey, Brad Thomas, again, just paint the scenario. If this is a close game, and we get to a key third down in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go, they got to keep the ball. They're behind by three. They're behind by seven. We haven't seen that yet to know does does Hertz make the right read? Does he make the right throw in a pressure situation? It was cruise control against the Giants, sorry, Chris, and against the 49ers in the fourth quarter. Brad, how valid is that point real quick? I actually think it. I'm more worried for the start of the game. Uh, Jalen Hurts not have been to a Super Bowl. It's those first couple of snaps 
when he gets, you know, the game rolling, he's such a rhythm quarterback. Like you can tell, you can tell when Jalen Hurts is going to have a massive game. He starts off very hot and just keeps going. But let's talk about something that's going to, you know, kind of make betters at ease. Jalen Hurts, when he probably was the most unpolished he was in his entire football career, played against the Clemson Tigers and had a two-minute drill where he not only scored, but scored a touchdown. And he used his most valuable weapon. It was his legs, which led that drive. When you have the great equalizer of the extreme strength and running ability of Jalen Hurts, I think it helps a lot to move the chains and key downs closer to the end. Now, if you were to ask me between the two quarterbacks, who would I prefer to, to in a game-winning drive? That's no question. It, it, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the scariest quarterback with 30 seconds or more left on the clock. No doubt. All right, so just food for thought if it is close. Again, if you're backing the Eagles, you may not believe this is going to be close in the fourth quarter. You may believe that they're up 10, they're up 14, and it won't matter. Clearly, if it's tied or if they're losing by a score, it does matter, and we haven't seen that yet. We'll find out. All right, plenty of discussion right there on the game. Chris on the record. Again, Scott on the record uh, with the over uh, for the team total. Now let's get into the juicy stuff with the player props. Player prop time. Let's get underway. Brad Thomas, why don't you begin? Actually, you know what, Chris Farley, you're going to begin with a player prop on what you like here, and there's going to be several, and even Scott Kellen has a player prop that I will mention. Chris, you're going to begin us. Uh, here in the order that we have with a player prop. What is it and why quickly? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, BetUS not letting down our audience. Got a lot of bets for you guys. I'll go with uh, Isaiah Pacheco over 16 and a half receiving yards as my first player prop. We know that that Kansas City receiving core is banged up, right? We talked about already. McCall Hartman, Kadarius, Tony, Juju. Um, you know, they're, if, if those, those guys play, they're absolutely not going to be 100%. Pacheco in the AFC title game, had the most, of course, this is his first season playing, but had his highest uh, target rate, uh, snap count, reception yards, catches. And we've seen that Jarek McKinnon, a little lackluster so far in the postseason, only averaging two and a half yards per touch. I think they keep on going to Isaiah Pacheco. I think it's going to be really important for them. Kind of has that Ahmad Bradshaw feel for me from the past. The Giants, he's got some burst. He runs tough. Uh, tough kid, too, from Violent, New Jersey. I know that area. My son grew up there for a little bit. Uh, not a soft area. He, I think he's a tough kid, and I think he's going to continually get the ball, and they're going to need him more than maybe we think in this game. So over 16 and a half reception yards feels like an easy hit for me. He runs hard. Will he catch it some? You did mention Hardman was actually placed officially on injured reserve, and they activated Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but that is only can they can he play. He's had a bad ankle injury. We don't know, as we're two or three days out here, how much can Edwards-Alaire play. He hasn't played in over a month, so Pacheco may be a key part, and Chris says, in the passing game. Uh, all right, so uh, Brad Thomas, give me a player prop for Super Bowl 57. What do you go to right away? Yeah, it's my favorite one. Jalen Hurts over 31 and a half passing attempts. When you see this number... First, let me back it up a little bit. When we talk about player props, we're literally at Thursday. The game's at Sunday. A lot of these player props have been absolutely smashed. Betters and handicappers have just been hammering and hammering and hammering. But when you find one that is often overlooked and probably not as sexy as taking like Jalen Hurts rushing yards or, or Jalen Hurts rushing attempts, 
it's kind of fun to, to land on this. I'm on Jalen Hurts over 31 and a half passing attempts. So in the first two games, they were cakewalks. He obviously missed that. He had 24 passing attempts and 25 passing attempts. And throughout the season, he only averaged 30 and a half passing attempts. But we've talked about it time and time again. This Eagles team has absolutely destroyed every single team that they have played. Well, at least the games they've won. Let's put it that way. It, 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 I think that. When we look at this prop, we have to say, what do we think the ceiling is going to be? What do we think the expectation of the game? I think the spread tells us a lot. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be back and forth. But I also think that the Eagles know they're going to have to throw the ball. And one thing that helps us out a lot with Jalen Hurts is we've seen it. Since he's been injured, his inability to throw the ball deep. So how do you move the chains effectively? You throw to guys like Dallas Goddard. You throw these underneath routes to A.J. Brown and, and Devonta Smith. Those just pile up and pile up the attempts. I have them finishing somewhere around 35 if they win the game and a little bit higher if they're playing from behind. So both those numbers clear over 31 and a half passing attempts for me. Interesting on that. And again, I'm going to mention verbally here, you won't see it graphically. Scott Kellen is kind of in step with you, Brad Thomas. Scott likes Jalen Hurts to be over 21 completions. That's the prop as of Thursday on the BetUS line. So Kellen in rhythm with... Brad Thomas thinks Hertz throws it a bunch and will complete at least 21 passes. You'll see that graphically later in the show. I'm just telling you, that's an official play from Scott Kellen for this year. All right, so back to you, Chris Farley, another player prop. What do you like here? Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we all know Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, his line's probably going to be a little bit inflated at this point, but if anyone feels like, uh, you know, I was, uh, uh, I almost said lock. There's no such thing as a lock in sports betting. But <laughs> Travis Kelsey is probably going to get targeted a lot. The middle of the field for the Eagles can be a little dicey. That's all I was I mean, they're very talented, but I think the middle of the field could be just a little more open than some other spots. They, You know, they're going to be all over those wide receivers, probably a lot of man-to-man in this game. But we know they, they force the ball to Kelsey, right? He could end up on the far right end side of the field on the goal line, and you could find him running up the middle for a touchdown somehow. That's just what they do with this guy. His brother playing on the other side as well. Yep. I think it's important for Kelsey to play his best football. I think Kelsey, anytime touchdown, it, you know, it's one of the safer more secure feeling touchdowns, nothing secure. This is Super Bowl. It's not a hundred percent hit rate, but Travis Kelsey really like him to at least get in the end zone one time. You see the comments rolling in here as well about uh, Travis Kelsey on that uh, player prop. I'm interested in something too. Uh, you might get better value. I think he may have a big game. So this is TJ saying this. Uh, if you look at Kelsey to score two touchdowns, anyway, anyhow, more than likely on receptions, you're getting at most places, including BetUS, like six and a half or seven to one, two Travis Kelsey touchdowns. And I think he could get two in this game because I just don't see a lot of other weapons besides Pacheco, like you're talking about. So Kelsey, anytime TD is Chris Farley's first um, or second player prop that he's got. Give me another one, Brad Thomas. What is another pra- player prop uh, that you like here for Super Bowl 57? Yeah, it's kind of correlated with my first one. I'm going A.J. Brown over 71 and a half receiving yards. I do think that this line's going to come actually in the opposite direction. So for anybody who, who wants to be patient and monitor the line, I do think that you will probably get around 70 and a half at close, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with anybody wanting to take the value on the under and me being on the over. Why? Because it's a correlated play with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball a lot. A lot of the targets, people think that A.J. Brown's this massive deep ball threat, which he is. But a lot of the targets, especially on this team, are coming short routes, short intermediate routes. 
And one thing that I really saw that was very intriguing, of all the wide receivers in one-on-one coverage, the number one receiver against number one-on-one coverage is A.J. Brown. The Kansas City Chiefs won the most one-on-one one-on-one coverages in the NFL. So that's a pretty fun nugget to to talk about. And then we don't talk about defensive DVOA too much when we get to the Super Bowl. Why? Because generally it's number one, number two, number one, number five. But mm-hmm. the glaring weakness for this Kansas City Chief defense, they're 20th against wide receiver ones in defensive DVOA. That is a huge drop-off for if you think about the, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are number one against wide receiver one in defensive DVOA. So I expect A.J. Brown to have a big game. And it, it, it's one of those plays that I think is a little protected against Jalen Hurts' arm because he doesn't need to have those 30- and 40-yard catches to still hit this. But I do expect them to challenge this Kansas City uh, secondary and this Kansas City uh, safety group uh, over the top with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Well, remember, Snead got the concussion, got the head and neck injury at the beginning of the game with Cincinnati. And then from there, the Chiefs were playing three inexperienced guys in the secondary. So they do have an inexperienced secondary, and maybe uh, maybe uh, A.J. Brown can uh, capitalize on that. At least Brad Thomas thinks he will to the tune of over 72.5 is the official play here. That line may move between now and showtime. Thursday, it might move, but that's the play for Brad on the show. Again, another Scott Kellen player prop. Scott, not here, but this is an official player prop with me saying it. You'll see it at the end on the best bets. He likes Patrick Mahomes to have at least two touchdown passes over the one and a half over the one and a half total lane minus 220 Mahomes to have at least two touchdown passes in the game is a Scott Kellen official player prop play here on the final bet us show of the season and Brad Thomas you've got one more player prop to cover your third one what is that one real quick yeah I've I've taken this bet at a multiple different prices and and totals it's travis kelsey over seven and a half receptions i played it at over six and a half uh for minus 150 i played it at over seven and a half when it was plus 110 on bet us so i'm excited i don't care that it's minus 130 now listen we talked about the slew of injuries for the receiving core uh hardman on the ir tony dealing with the injury juju dealing with the injury but more importantly what we need to talk about is how None of those players are players that I'm all that excited about in trust. It's the trust level. This is the biggest game. Who on this team does Patrick Mahomes trust the most? That's Travis Kelsey. Let's also talk about DVOA one more time. We talked about how great the Eagles are against the number one wide receiver, right? We're going to call him Juju Smith-Schuster, number one in defensive DVOA. Overall, against the entire receiving core as a unit, there's number two. The only weakness, if you want to call it a weakness, is their number six in defensive DVOA against the tight end. And the last point I want to talk about, the man is on the field. In the last two games, he has been on the field. His snap share has been higher than every player except Patrick Mahomes in the last game and then Juju in the game before that. So he's on the field. What does that mean? Is he getting a good target share? Yes, he leads the team in target share, an average of 24.5%. If you look at those numbers compared to some of the best wide receivers in the world, he is top six. That means he's getting targeted, targeted, targeted. In a game of this magnitude, you know he's going to rely on his weapon, on his security blanket. Well, and even in the game two years ago when the Buccaneers won, uh, Kelsey went off. I know yeah. Levante David, the outstanding Buccaneer linebacker, was all over him. He knocked the ball away a couple times, but Kelsey still got to like 10 catches in that game, and they were losing, yeah. so that made a difference. They were trying to play catch-up. 
So again, we'll lock Brad in officially on one more prop, his third, which is Kelsey to get at least eight catches over the seven and a half. And there you go with some player props. One more phase before we get to some Q&A live here on a Thursday, and that is game props. Game props still in play here. And actually, there are going to be a couple of them from Chris Farley and one that I will mention from Scott Kellen. Chris, begin us again. Give us a game prop that you like and why. Yeah, sure thing. Two, two game props for all of you now. I don't bet on Gatorade. I don't bet on how long the national anthem's going to go. Yeah, I mean, listen, if is you have Rihanna to... going to sing four songs or five? Yes, yeah, all yeah, those different I mean, prompts. My, exactly. my wife happens to think that she's going to start with Umbrella. She's very convinced okay. of that. All right. Sounds okay. good. Uh, you won't see me betting on stuff like that. Although, if you have good intel, why not? Right? I just don't have that intel. But two game props that I really like. First one, this is kind of a hedge for my Kansas City bet, too, because I like the first quarter to start over nine and a half points. Um, the last three Super Bowls were they scored exactly 10 points in the first quarter. Now, the last 15 Super Bowls averaged 8.6 points in the first quarter. But what did we see in the NFC title game? One of my favorite bets was that either the 49ers or Eagles will not get a first down on the first drive. Both teams do it immediately. And then, of course, you know, Brock Purdy goes down, but the Eagles get a touchdown right at the gate. Eagles have scored on 63% of their opening drives this season. Kansas City, 53%. You would think that their their rate is even higher, but Philly has been very efficient in that regard. Both the top teams in the league, one and two, in points per play, first downs per game, points per game. These are two explosive offenses. I do think Jalen Hurts is going to feel the nerves in the very beginning, but we saw, like, you know, in that San Francisco game against a great defense, those scripted plays from the very beginning, Philly does a great job at creating. Their offensive line works beautiful together. I think both teams score right away, so we get at least 10 points in this game. Then maybe things start to settle down. We see a little bit more defense. But with these two teams, with how creative their play calling is, I just trust that they're going to get on the board early. And like I said, it's a little bit of a hedge, right, because the Eagles have been dominant in the first half all year. This is how they win games. They get ahead, and then they settle in, and they apply that pressure leading team in the NFL or 4.1 sacks per game. So that's going to be their recipe again. Uh, I expect them to at least have some success early. My second game prop is going to be Kansas City over 0.5 fourth down conversions. Uh, we saw it against the Bengals, right? Mahomes threw a touchdown on a fourth down conversion. Yes, he did. Um, you know, out of respect for the Eagles defense and, you know, and just for how much they limit teams, you know, all the injuries on the Kansas City side too. I don't think points and I don't think yards are going to come easy for the Chiefs. And there's probably going to be a situation, and I expect them to, to possibly trail early too. I mean, that's what the Eagles are doing to teams all year. So Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs, probably going to be a desperation spot at some point. The Eagles go for fourth down conversions all the time. This is the Super Bowl, right? They're not going to hold anything back. They're going to show their most creative plays. I think there's a great chance that Kansas City has to go for it on a fourth down and one or, or something like that. And they've covered at 77% this year. That's second overall in the NFL. So I like KC to hit a fourth down conversion as well. All right, uh, Brad Thomas, I'll come to you in just a second. Again, Scott Kellen, not here. He's been here with us all season long, but by proxy. I'm his proxy again. He wants a game prop, and he wants to lay the 240 
with the team to score last wins the game. Obviously, you got a 50-50 chance on that. He's thinking, though, close game, fourth quarter, obviously, and somebody's going to score late in the fourth or maybe at the very end to win the game. So, again, the game prop from Scott is the team to score last. You won't see it on the screen here. The team to score last wins the game. Obviously, he's not looking for something like the two previous Philadelphia games where you're up huge and suddenly there's a garbage touchdown that doesn't mean anything uh, from the, the team trailing, in this case, Kansas City, that won't mean anything to the outcome. He's looking with that play. I'm just explaining it in his absence as close game and whoever scores last wins the game and he's willing to lay 240 uh, for that to win 100 on that particular one. Brad Thomas, any quick thought? You don't have an official game prop. Any quick thought or any other lean before <laughs> we wrap up the talk on props? Yeah, I'll probably look at the the national anthem. Just have me a little, get my juices flowing before the, the kicks go. I'll probably take over. I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan, and I've been to multiple Chris Stapleton concerts. There's no one in this world who tells a more drawn-out, long story than Chris <laughs> Stapleton at his concerts. And what is the national anthem? It's a story. So you know he's going to make it poetic. You know he's going to draw it out. So I'm going to back the over on that. And, and guys, like, listen, these novelty props, just for like like Big Mac money, like n not nothing crazy. Well, the cost of a Big Mac has gone up. If you haven't been paying attention for an Egg McMuffin, it has gone up. Uh, and, by, and by the way, everybody gets into the what will the first commercial be on Fox? Will it be yeah. a beer ad? Will it be a crypto ad? Will it be a car ad? You can get in the weeds on some of those for the game props and for uh, what happens. All right, again, let's do it officially up on the screen. You saw Chris Farley with his two plays for the game props. They are... The first quarter over nine and a half points, you see that, and also on the game props, Kansas City to get at least one fourth down conversion at any point in the game. And it may even happen early on in the game, taking some chances. And again, I say audibly, Scott Kellen on a game prop, the last team to score wins the game. The last scoring team will be the winner of the game, however it is, and he's laying 240 for that, we have time for a moment or two live questions. We haven't often done this on the NFL show. Brad and Chris and I are familiar with live questions. If you are in the live chat right now, let's get a live question or two, particularly on things that we have not necessarily covered as of yet. All right, A-Rod brings up an interesting question. Most scenarios have either Mahomes or Hurts being the MVP if their team wins. If you had to choose a non-quarterback MVP, Brad Thomas, you first. Give me a non-quarterback MVP. Yeah, realistically, it's got to be uh, Travis Kelsey, right? He's sitting around 16 to 1. He has the ability to absolutely take this game over 152 or three touchdowns. And if he does, he's a good shot. I've told some people that if you want to bet on the Chiefs, why not take a little bit of action on Patrick Mahomes to win MVP and a little bit of action on Travis Kelsey to win MVP? You're getting better odds than plus 105. Good on that. Uh, Chris, any thought on on who besides the quarterbacks and, and besides Kelsey? Could it maybe be a defensive player like Hassan Reddick if he dominates, gets a couple sacks, sack, fumble, whatever? Any thought on a non-QB most valuable player? Yeah, I took the words right out of my mouth. I, I would agree with Brad about Travis Kelsey because, I mean, other than Kelsey and Mahomes, I think it's going to be really tough for somebody else to win MVP if the Chiefs win. On the Eagles side, there are so many different players, right, that could win it. Uh Jalen Hurts, I think, a little less likely just because of how loaded they are uh, and, you know, just the, the game narrative of what might actually happen. They might have to lean on that run game again, too, right? But, yeah, on the Eagles' side, you could see because Patrick Mahomes 
is arguably the most important player in this game. Is he going to make it happen again at the end of the game, some, some Mahomes magic? Maybe it's a defensive player who gets that final sack, maybe already has a sack or two or a forced fumble at that point. So you take a flyer um, like a Hassan Riddick, I think not, not a bad look because uh, one of those defensive players could get it for the Eagles. You know, the, I mean, that's going to be a, a great story, right? You stop the most explosive offense, arguably, you know, one of the most explosive of all time uh, in the last moments of the Super Bowl if that happens. So I kind of like that as a flyer. All right, interesting. Uh, there have been defensive players win it. The Buccaneers, Brad knows this, very famously beat the Raiders. Dexter Jackson had two interceptions in the first half. The Bucs went on to score 48 points, and Dexter Jackson got the MVP uh, because of what he did in the first half with the interceptions. Ray Lewis famously was a defensive MVP uh, in, the, in the Super Bowl. Desmond Howard, remember the one year, I know we're going back into the 90s, ran the kickoff back for a touchdown for Green Bay. He got the MVP in a Packer win over the Patriots. So there have been non-QBs win the most valuable player. It's just not that often that it happens. Usually it becomes a quarterback award if that is the case. Uh, F. Urka is watching us, says, I like the first half under 24 and a half points. Any quick thought, Chris, any thought on that on the first half under? I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I usually do approach the first quarter and first half under because of the pressure of the moment. Um, and, you know, that's treated me pretty good over the years. But like I said at the start for the first quarter, as an example, um, what these teams have shown us all year, I, I don't like the under as much for that reason. The Eagles and Chiefs are one and two uh, average points per first half. So, you know, obviously the nerves are going to come in. Things are going to change a little bit because it is the Super Bowl, but I still think they can get there. So I, I wouldn't bet the under. Brad Thomas, any quick thought on a first half under in Super Bowl 57? Yeah, I'm not going to bet the under. I, I, I think that these two teams are just so explosive. Um, and this is one of those games where I'm going to be trying to load up on live overs if it starts slow. Good enough. Mark watching. Thank you, Mark, says, what are your score predictions for this game? Do you guys, I mean, I know, Chris, you're on the money line. Uh, Brad, I don't know if we got a prediction on the, on the outcome on you. Do you believe this? But, guys, you believe this is a high-scoring game? Again, uh, Scott Kellen is officially on the over, so he believes something in the 20s, the mid-20s, high-20s, something like that. What is a thought on a score, either of you? I was on the under last week, and as you can tell on this show, I'm not on the under anymore. I pulled out of that. Uh, I, I just think there's too much evidence that both of these offenses can succeed. And obviously, you know, both have elite offenses. You could argue only the Eagles have an elite defense. And I trust that Patrick Mahomes is going to get his points. So I do expect a lot of points in this one. I think it's going to be 27 or 24 Eagles with like a minute left. Final score, 31-27 Chiefs. Pull it out with a high-scoring game. Brad wow. Thomas, quick thought. Yeah, I was going to expect it was going to be somewhere like 31-24. Um, everyone's going to say it's going to be close. I said it's going to be close, but... I think the Eagles do win this game. That Again, that's telling you I'm not going to put money on the Chiefs, though. I'm going to have to do that at plus money. Interesting. Uh, Nishan says Philadelphia rushing attempts as a prop, rushing attempts and yards. Any thought on the Eagles who've run it on everybody, it seems like, all year? Any thought on that? Brad, quick. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'd be on the over. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts over 10.5 for his own. I like Miles Sanders. I think he gets to at least the 15 number. Uh, and then yards, yeah. I mean, when you have a quarterback with explosive legs, and then a running back who's going to be running the ball 15 times, 
why not? And that's not to mention we add in guys like uh, Gamewell. We add in guys like Boston Scott. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. And that could include Hurts on the rushing attempts. Any thought on Philly rushing attempts, Chris? Yeah, the average, I believe, around 30 attempts per game is one of the higher in the league. Um, my only challenge for that is that I, I do believe strongly. I mean, we've seen Steve Spagnola in some of these big games before when he was a Giants defensive coordinator. He's pretty aggressive. And I think he's going to force Jalen Hurst to throw the ball. Doesn't mean that Philly's going to stop running the ball. Uh, but but if Philly stops having success in that regard, and you do have an absolute beast in Chris Jones in the middle of that defensive line, uh, Eagles offensive line is extremely elite. But the, there's a chance that they might not be able to run the ball as easily as we've seen in this game. And Jalen is forced to throw, especially if it's a close game and they're playing from behind. So that's my only caveat there. But the, that's a bet that would have hit most of the season over, over, over on Philly. So I can't talk you off it. Thank you for the live questions, guys. Great stuff from the handicappers. One thing left to do. We're almost done. Best bets. Now you're going to see graphically not only Chris and Brad's plays, but you'll see Scott Kellen's plays as well in the middle. I'm not going to go over all of that. You can see it on the screen, including Scott's plays right down the middle of the screen as to what he's on. You might want to screenshot that, kids, and be <laughs> ready for that for Sunday for having all of those different plays, including player props. What do we give you? Two, four, seven player props there in the middle to play on Super Bowl 57. Guys, we've come to the end of the Bet US NFL show. We're out of stuff to handicap because the Super Bowl's <laughs> over. We're done until next season, it looks like. Final thought, Chris Farley, final thought. Well, you know what's awesome is that of all three of us who have bets, no one has the same bet, and every single bet could hit like not one bet negates the other. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could go and like 10 and 0. for the record, we did not plan it that way. <laughs> we did yeah. not. But you guys that's didn't crazy. know what each other were picking. We didn't plan it that way. It's a good point, Chris. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, take all those bets if you wish. Just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure being on the show this year. I loved being with TJ and Scott all year. Brad, when you come on, uh, obviously obsessed with sports betting and all this, just like the rest of us. Uh, just, just a pleasure. I mean, I've enjoyed it every single week. Uh, I could talk football all day. I mean, and, and as much as I say I can't wait for this game to happen, like let's get to it already, as soon as it's over, I'm going to be grieving because I'm going to miss football immediately. So I look forward to the future with BetUS, and thanks so much for having me this year, guys. Hey, love it. Good luck with your official plays, Brad. Thomas, one more time, my friend. Anything else? Yeah, man. Uh, first, I want to thank everyone watching. You know, without you guys, we wouldn't have this platform where we get to just yap about sports and, and bet on sports for the public. And I appreciate everyone at BetUS for, you know, letting me come on and, and shed my light because uh, just like Chris, just like everyone who pl who comes on all these football shows, I absolutely love football. And I will be just like Chris balling come Monday when there's no more NFL games, no more college football games. But either way, I'm going to have a ton of adult waters, eat a ton of chicken wings, and I'm going to enjoy the Super Bowl. Listen, it's been a lot of fun all season long. We began this all the way back in the second weekend in September, and now we have come all the way to February, and we've had a lot of the same people hanging, watching, and being with us. Thank you. Thank you to the audience. We've seen massive, massive audience uh, for a lot of this season, and obviously as the season has wound down into the postseason, the audience has grown and grown. 
Thank you for that. Thank you to Antonio, to Kevin, to Alejandro, to Danny, to everybody behind the scenes. Uh, Francisco, I'm going to leave somebody out. Ignacio, everybody behind the scenes at BetUS that put together the graphics, the shows, all the technology. Uh, thank you to everybody involved with BetUS for making us look good or trying to make us look good on the show with graphics and all the stuff you see. It's been a blast for the BetUS NFL show. This is it, guys. Super Bowl 57 is all we have left. The Chiefs and the Eagles coming Sunday for Chris Farley, for Brad Thomas, for Scott Kellen in his absence. You saw his official plays. Good luck to all of our handicappers, and let's see what happens in Super Bowl 57. You've been watching the BetUS NFL show.